This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. Governor Chris Christie, welcome back. Brian, happy to be back, my friend. Right. I know. We're not going to talk Mets. I want to keep you in a good mood. They lost 7-6 to the Reds. If you don't mind. So uh, we had we have uh, big promises by James Comer. He said, I'm going to have a press conference and it's going to change everything the way the Bidens are looked at. I want you to hear a little of the tease of which he's going to reveal in a matter of moments. Cut 10. We're going to see whether or not tomorrow, Jesse, uh, Joe Biden was telling the truth when he said that his family never received any money from China. Uh, We're going to see tomorrow whether or not Joe Biden knew about Uh, his family's business dealings, which we know that he said several times that he didn't. Uh, So I think tomorrow is going to be judgment day for the Biden administration, the Biden White House. And I'm anxious to see how the mainstream media covers it. And he just was on Fox and Friends with us. And he said that they got bank records. They're going to point right to the family business and right to the president. What's at stake here, Governor? Well, it's enormous amount at stake, Brian, because it's the president's credibility which is on shaky ground to begin with because he lied during the campaign um, about what he was going to do if he became president, led, led the country astray. Instead, he's, he has you know, governed like a complete lefty. Um, he has run up debt. He has embarrassed uh, our country around the world. And so you know, today could be an increasingly even worse day for Joe Biden. And look, I don't have any doubt, uh, and I think anybody who's watched him closely knows, that his family has lived off him um, for decades, Um, whether it's his brother, Jim, or his son, Hunter. um, They've lived off him for uh, for decades. And I think we're going to probably see a lot of things that will make the American people very angry. But what is legal and what is not? For example, live off what? His speaking fees? That's allowed. But what about what does he promise to do in terms of giving his family these these companies, uh, giving them access? that's the real question, right? And, and, and he's made it, though, even easier because he said he knew nothing about it. And to the extent that we show that, in fact, he had to have known about it, that he did know about it, that's going to really hurt his um, image with the American people. Because, you know, not only are you going to be seen as somebody who is using your public office to allow you and your family to profit, but you're also going to be seen as someone who's willing to uh, deceive the American people in order to do it. Yeah, I just real quick, the press conference is going to start. We're not going to dip into it. We'll bring back anything that's uh, relevant. But Comer, Congress, uh, uh, Congressman Armstrong, Congressman Biggs, uh, Byron Donalds, Jim Jordan, Nancy Mace are out there. So yesterday, Donald Trump had a verdict he didn't like, I'm sure. He did, was not convicted civilly of rape, but he's forced to pay $5 million and is liable for sexual abuse and defamation uh, against uh, the against his accuser. So he doesn't have to pay that. He's going to yet. He's going to appeal it. Last time when he was indicted, I, I watched you. You came on. You said, listen, getting indicted is never a good thing. But his numbers surged. What does this do for the Donald Trump candidacy? I just think it adds more weight to it, Brian. And, and, and look, you know, his response yesterday to me was ridiculous that he didn't even know the woman. I mean, you know, how many coincidences are we going to have here with Donald Trump, Brian? 
I mean, he must be the unluckiest SOB in the world. He just has, you know, random people he's never met before who are able to convince the jury that he sexually abused them. I mean, this guy, it's one person after another, one woman after another. The stories just continue to pile up. And I, I think we all know he's not unlucky, um, that he, he engaged in this kind of conduct. But, and he talked about it himself in the Access Hollywood tape. And I was there with him when the Access Hollywood tape came out. And let me tell you something, Brian. He was embarrassed. He was embarrassed then. He's tried to change the whole history now. But he was embarrassed then. Look, this kind of conduct is unacceptable for somebody that we call a leader. Um, and, and him wanting to take leadership again. And so I, do I think this is a silver bullet that ends Donald Trump's candidacy? No. I just think it's additional weight of evidence that people are going to look at and say, you know, if he's this unlucky, Brian, if, if none of this has really happened, he's this unlucky, we don't want a guy this unlucky as president either. Well, you have to say one thing. I guess this, uh, you have to wonder why a woman comes out, can't even name the year. It was the, the mid-90s, which an incident took place and nothing was known until the last few years when he becomes a national figure. When people say that, you know, he is being targeted, do they have a... Does he have a legitimate case in that they, they are coming at him from both at, with both barrels? Well, look, Brian, everybody who gets involved in politics gets targeted. Donald Trump's trying to act like, you know, this is the, he's the first person this has ever happened to. Um, it's not. It's just that he gives them much more material to target. And, and his conduct has led to it. Don't believe, if you don't want to believe what Gene Carroll says, that's anybody's right to do, but a jury of 12 agreed with it unanimously. But if you put her aside, use his own words in the Access Hollywood tape, um, Brian. He has said this is something he's entitled to do. And you say, well, Governor, you know, that was, that was you know, 17, 18 years ago. Um, he's, a, he's a changed man. Well, in his deposition, they asked him if he believes that what he said in the Access Hollywood tape about the way you could treat women if you were a star was true. And he said, yes, it's true. And it's been true for a thousand years. So this is a guy who believes this, Brian. Why don't we, why do we keep making excuses? And why don't we listen to his own words? And his own words in the deposition said that what he said in the Access Hollywood tape about being able to assault women with impunity because you're a star, he said, I'm a star. And that's true today, mm -hmm. and it's been true for a thousand years. Governor Christie, our guest. Governor, would you also say, too, that uh, a guy named Bill Clinton had a real dicey past before he got in office as governor, uh, then when he got as president and went after, and he ends up winning overwhelmingly re-election? Do the American people saying we don't care about personal behavior, we like the policies? Well, look, that's what people are going to have to determine. They certainly had that situation with Clinton. Um, and, and there's no doubt that that's what happened back in the early to mid-90s with Bill Clinton. Um, but what I'm saying to you is this is not just that, Brian. We, we, if we want, we go through the entire you know, uh, you know, panoply of what he's been involved in um, and, and what, how he's embarrassed us. But even more than that, how he's let us down. You know, Brian, he said he was going to repeal and replace Obamacare. He had a Republican Congress, and he didn't get it done. He said he was going to build a wall across the entire border of us in Mexico. He didn't get it done. He said that Mexico would pay for it. We're still waiting for our first peso on that deal. Um, he said he was going to balance the budget in five years. 
He left us with the greatest deficit of any president in American history. I mean, put aside the personal behavior if you want, Brian. He promised us a lot of things. I stood on that stage in 2016 and listened to him promise those things. Right. And he didn't deliver on them. See, so see, if you want to talk policies, yes, he cut taxes. I approve that, and I, and I give him credit for it. Yes, he lowered regulation. He made a trade deal with China that they haven't lived up to a, to a third of what they promised him in that deal. He got taken to the cleaners there. He got taken to the cleaners by Kim Jong-un. I mean, you know, well, we could talk policies, and I'm happy to. I don't want to dwell on the personal behavior, but all of it combined is a pretty sad story. See, see, this is this is where I fear definitely. Uh, if you go to the play-by-play of the wall, you know that Paul Ryan gave $1.6 billion for that wall, and he needed 10 to 20. You know he did that two years in a row. So that was a Republican Congress. So what he could do is take on Paul Ryan. He did that, caused great tension. And then he got 450 miles done or redone. And then when you look at the actual policies when it comes to the trade deals with South Korea, the USMCA, and if it wasn't for the pandemic, they might have they might have been able to get that in gear. But then China decides to poison the world. Well, but, but Brian, he made the deal and the Chinese didn't live up to the deal. And what did he do about it? And, and, and by the way, on the wall, I don't care about what Paul Ryan's money was. He told us Mexico was going to pay for it. Don't you remember that, Brian? Good point. We weren't going to pay a nickel. Mexico was going to pay for it. And he was such a good deal maker. He was going to make it happen. So what did it matter what Congress was going to appropriate? Mexico was going to pay for it. I stood on that stage and listened to him say it over and over again. And Mexico has not paid one peso towards the wall. And by the way, if you're the Republican president and you can't persuade a Republican Congress, what hope do we have of him if he's president with divided government? Um, that's, uh, we saw it with divided government. Uh, it didn't, it didn't go too well. It got the USMCA passed. He did do trade deals. I think the th- reason why he's surging, if you ask me, is how bad Joe Biden's doing. And almost everything that Joe Biden undid in terms of oil and gas production and everything he's uh, trying to do, trying to raise corporate taxes, how he's let the border get busted, how he let the Middle East, uh, basically turned it over to China. Uh, how he's conducted what I think is the right move in backing Ukraine and with the way he left Afghanistan. I think all those things give Republicans a great opportunity and makes Donald Trump's approach look more uh, more appetizing. Would you agree with that? Well, look, I agree with part of it. I totally agree with the fact that Joe Biden has created, as we predicted he would, an opportunity a great opportunity for Republicans to come in with our policies. But but Donald Trump has shown that he can't execute on those policies. He can't, Brian. And he certainly is not going to be able to do it if we have divided government. We saw that in his last two years. So I do agree with you. But let's remember who's responsible for Joe Biden. It's Donald Trump. He's the person who lost to Joe Biden. He's the only person outside the state of Delaware to have ever lost an election to Joe Biden. And it was his conduct, his failure as a candidate and his failure as a president to to fulfill his promises that led the American people to elect Joe Biden. And so I can't just let him off the hook, Brian, and we shouldn't let him off the hook. Would you would you also say that the pandemic he was probably getting reelected wasn't for the pandemic? And that Joe Biden gets elected because he promised to do better and he actually did worse in tra- with a with a vaccine. Look, 
Brian, I, I, I have always seen over the course of time, and you've seen this too, when there's a crisis that occurs in the country, what normally happens is the American people rally around the president. They didn't rally around this president because he said that it was just going to go away. They didn't rally around this president because he didn't take it seriously, because he pursued policies that wound up not being effective, with the exception of Operation Warp Speed. And so normally what you see in any type of crisis is for a a president or a governor's numbers to go way up. During Hurricane Sandy and its aftermath, my approval ratings were in the high 70s because people want to rally around the person in charge if they're doing a good job. The pandemic didn't prevent him from winning. The pandemic should have sealed his victory, but it was his performance that led to it, his performance in the first debate, which was awful. Go on and on and on. And why is anything going to be different if we nominate the same guy again with even more baggage than he had in 2020? Do you believe that the headwinds that Donald Trump faced with the CIA now looks like they green-lighted the 51 people to sign off that Hunter Biden's laptop was actually Russian disinformation, things to that nature that took place? Do you think every Republican is going to feel that from the establishment, or you think just Trump brings that out? Well, look, I think that he brings it out more than any, more than any other. But Republicans are always fighting against the mainstream media, Brian. When have we ever had a Republican candidate in our lifetime who hasn't fought against the mainstream media? I remember back to even George Bush's 41, 41's re-election campaign where he had a bumper sticker that said, annoy the media, re-elect Bush. I mean, this has been going on forever. Donald Trump acts like he's the only person who's ever fought against the media and had the media against him. I was governor in New Jersey, with, and you watched it, with the New York and Philadelphia media, the New York Times, the New York Daily News, the the Philadelphia Inquirer going after me on a day-to-day basis. You fight against that all the time, all the time. He's not the only person who's ever suffered that, but because he whines and complains, constantly about it, people tend to think he's had it worse than anybody else. And, and the fact right. is that if he's had it worse than anybody else, a lot of it's because of his own conduct. And he's brought it on himself. Now, the last poll, you saw the Washington Post poll, you were on the set for the ABC poll. The president wins by seven or eight points, as does Ron DeSantis. What about people who say, well, that shows that Chris Christie's wrong. He can win. Well, look, if the election were held today, that's correct. That's correct. But the election is not going to be held today, Brian. And the election is not going to be held until November of 2024. And I don't understand why we want to nominate someone who lost to Joe Biden, who not only lost to Joe Biden, but lost the House in 2018, lost the United States Senate in 2020, in addition to losing the White House, and the candidates he endorsed in contested races in the states that we need to win. In 2024. Governor, what about your decision? What about your decision? When are you going to make your, when do you have to make your decision if you're going to get in? When's your cutoff? In the next couple of weeks, Brian. And when do, what do you think you, where do you feel right now? If I was to say you had to make a decision now. The good news is I don't. (laughs) So I won't make a decision now. But what I'll tell you, Brian, is that the Republican Party needs to get serious about looking forward and not looking backwards. And we don't need a grievance, complaining, whining, and by the way, scared candidate. You know, what other candidate is saying that they might not show up at the debates? What's he afraid of? 
Gotcha. Why can't he debate Republican candidates, Brian? Go- Governor, I, you gave me 14 quality minutes. I owe you. The Governor Chris Christie, within two weeks, he'll make a decision. Thanks, Governor. The world of business moves fast. Stay on top of it with the Fox Business Rundown. Listen to the Fox Business Rundown every Monday and Friday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.